Hello, my amazing mompreneurs. Welcome back to the Mompreneur Guide podcast. Before we hop into today's episode, I wanted to hop in with a quick reminder that we are just a few days away from the Connect Retreat. I am so excited to connect with the amazing mompreneurs who are going to be there to help them better connect with themselves, with each other, and with their communities, and just have a really good time in my hometown. Now, if you want to get in on this fun that we are about to have, there is one seat left to join us in Chagrin Falls, but there is also a virtual ticket option. So you can join us, listen in on a private podcast to hear all that we talk about, get to connect with the other women who are there virtually, and then also get a one-on-one strategy session from me so you get that support that you would have had if you could make it in person. I would love to be able to support you in whatever way works best for you. So make sure you head to themompreneurguide.com slash retreat before things are up so that you can snag your seat. Now let's hop into today's episode. Hello, my friend. How are you? Hello. Hello. How have you been? Oh, that's, I wish I could say better. We've had the stomach bug go around our house one round and somehow I have not had it yet. And I am waiting for the shoe to drop. I know. I know. Oh my gosh. And it, so it's been, it's been a rough, like almost two weeks. Oh my gosh. So yeah, it's bananas. It's bananas. a lot. Oh my gosh. I yeah. know that thing is chaos. And well, <laughs> I was so grateful to have you on today. First and foremost, it's been like too long since we've chatted last. So this I is know. so fun to get to have a mom chat. I know. I was and so excited. Yeah. Yeah. So we are just going to like hop into it. So yeah. we'll, we'll hop into just like you sharing a bit more about who you are so that people can get up to speed. And then we'll move into just what's the one thing that's taking up the most space on your mompreneur mind right now. And whatever that is, we can dive into that and just have a conversation like the two of us normally would do through audio message. So yeah, really there, instead of Instagram, it'll be on the podcast. Exactly. Yeah, I love we that. Just <laughs> do it at real time instead of as we're running around with the kids. So why don't you go ahead and share with everybody, you know, one to two sentences about who you are, what you do, the mom and the entrepreneur side of your life, just so they know who I'm talking with today. Yeah. My mom's side, I know you'll get a lot of this in the conversation. I have a two-year-old son named Henry who was born in the pandemic, funny enough. And then my six-year-old daughter, Claire, is finishing kindergarten this year. And that that's like a whole thing. And it all that plays into what I'm going to talk about with you. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, as a mom entrepreneur and an introvert, here's what I know to be true. Okay, relying solely on social media to build your authority and grow your audience is a recipe for absolute frustration and burnout. Mm-hmm. And I would hate that for you. So, as a podcast guesting strategist, I love helping mom entrepreneurs get booked on aligned podcasts so they can build their audience and and grow their authority and do that in a way where they're connecting with hosts and listeners. And don't feel like they have to be on all the time. Mm-hmm. So that's what I do. That's my entrepreneur side. I love it. And I love the work that you do. And as we mentioned, like we've collaborated a lot together. We'll link in the show notes. Um, all, We've done at least two Instagram lives together. And you were on my Simplify My Lead Gen Audio Summit. And you are just a wealth of knowledge in this space. But not only that, you're my friend. And so it's yeah. so fun to just get to, to chat with you here. So talk to me. Talk to me about what's the one thing that's taking up the most space on your mompreneur mind right now, whether that's good, bad, ugly, whatever it is, like what has been just the thing that you can't let go? 
Well, this, we chatted about this on Instagram through DMs and it's still something that's been on my mind. I'm kind of processing through it, but it all goes back to capacity for me. Mm-hmm. And that is different for everybody. And especially timely right now, because we're going into the summer and schedules will change again. Kids will be home. And I have this fear, Megan, and I, this is what I was telling you, the fear of not having as much capacity because my schedule was going to be different. And so I started to go into this mode of lack and like, how am I going to be able to keep up what I'm doing? My business is just starting to get the momentum that I was wanting to have that I've been working towards. And now I feel like things are changing again, which that's life, right? (laughs) Just as soon as you feel like you got something going, something changes. And so that's really been rattling around in my brain about how I can have, how I can serve people, how I can serve my mom entrepreneurs in a way that I really want to be able to, to help them, but then also honor my own capacity and be able to spend time with my family and I still have a hard time being present and not thinking about business. I know we've talked about this before. Sometimes just the nature of having that kind of creative brain is you're all, you're always thinking about stuff, but sometimes I have a hard time unplugging from that. And, and that's something I want to change. And that is around boundaries. And that is a work in progress, to be honest. Yeah. So I'm curious to know, like, what have you been thinking? Because at the time of this recording, we're going into the summer season where there's right. going to be, you know, more time with the kids, more time to be present. But then that's also leads leans the teeter totter on the other side of, well, we also want to be productive. So what has been yeah. going through your mind or have you uncovered anything in, in that? A lot of things. Okay. Yeah. So first off, I will be name dropping because I, you know, you and I both love listening to podcasts because yep. that's just what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, Allison Hardy has her series this summer. And I've been listening to that for mom entrepreneurs because, because of what I'm saying, things yeah. change and schedules change. And she had said something about still giving yourself weekends. And I finished reading um, a book and I can't think of uh, the title right now, but mm-hmm. I will come back to you on that. Yeah. And it really is about l- honoring the space and rest in your life. And I'm trying to live that out because I do feel like even more important than being able to be productive, I want that to be part of how I live, you know, my life and being to enjoy life and my family. And so I was, I was taking this trip to see friends in Chattanooga and I was driving in the car and I was listening to my friend Kaylin who has the joy to lead podcast and she had just released this episode about how she got 15 extra hours of focused time to work on her business I was like oh my gosh I need I need this right now and not to give the spoiler but she (laughs) she gets up earlier and caveat here I am not a morning person Mm -hmm. and Megan I have tried so many times to do the magic morning, do the early mornings, get up and and do everything. And for whatever reason, in the past times that I've tried it, it just didn't work out for me. It didn't feel right. It didn't, whether it was the season or where, where my mindset was, it just didn't work for me. Mm -hmm. But when I was listening to Kaylin's podcast, 
something, I had this aha moment. This, this, it struck me. And I was like, you know what? I'm in a different season right now. And maybe this is the answer for two months. For two months, I can get up an hour or two earlier in the morning because that is when my brain works the best. Mm-hmm. By 6 p.m., I'm sh- like, my brain is done, mm-hmm. done. And the kids are sleeping. I try to work and I, it, it's exhausting. It's exhausting. And I don't feel like I get my best work done. So I was like, okay, I'm going to give myself permission just to experiment with this again, to come back around to this in this season and not be married to the idea forever. You know, I don't have to get up at 4 a.m. for the rest of my life, (laughs) but try getting up at 4 or 5 a.m. for two months and just see how that goes, because that could be the answer that I need in this season. I think. What you said there about it's an experiment is so helpful because sometimes I get in that path of where I'm like, it's a forever thing. I make a decision and I've recently been like, no, it's not. I can do anything and it can be a shorter amount of time. And and so I think you recognizing that is so great. And I also love that you brought up Allison because I know we've kind of talked about her because you were both in the summit together and she's one of my friends. And before you even said her name, I was thinking like, oh, you and Allison would be a really good connection. Like you guys just have the same energy. I think you guys have such a similar vibe and I love about this experimenting. And so where are we in the two month segment now? So I just started and the sickness throws it off, but I'm giving myself grace there because that is just life. And and every day is not going to be able to work out exactly like I want it, but I have been able, and it's felt really good to get up. Even, even if I like hit my alarm for five minutes and, and get up and 45 minutes before the kids do, I'm very focused on what I want to do. And when I get that done, or even if I get, you know, 60% of it done, it feels a lot lighter during the day where I can be a little more present and I am not constantly thinking, oh gosh, I've got to do this thing or, oh my gosh, I need to respond to this thing. And I I will say, I'm not, I will not open email before then. That is not, I'm not getting up or doing emails or anything like that. It's purely things that take a lot of focus. Yeah. Um, or creativity. So that, cause that's when I'm, my brain is fresh and I want to be able to take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's so important because I know, and I think we've talked about this, I've tried like every schedule under the sun and there are certainly seasons, there are different seasons for different things. And so giving yourself that space to just like try and know what works best for you, I think is so helpful. And I love too, and I was curious if this was another big part of your friend's um, podcast episode was it was the fact that she was consistent over multiple days. It wasn't that mm-hmm. she just like got a 15 hour day. It was the consistency in small chunks that led to the good results. Right. Yeah. She was getting up just an hour or two every single day before her kids did before the rest of the family. And so those, yeah, those two hours a day for the whole week add up to a lot. And that, that got me thinking, because sometimes I get in this, this mindset, I don't know about you Mm -hmm. where I'm like an hour here is not going to, it's not going to move the needle. And there's just, I get overwhelmed and I don't, when I do sit down to do it, I don't feel like I'm as productive as I need to be, but hearing her and really 
reminding myself to be like, okay, I need to focus on this one thing that takes my brain power for this two hours or one hour and just being okay with whatever progress I make. Mm -hmm. So that's been, that's been good. And now you can ask me at the end of the summer, how it goes, but I also am, she said she was reading atomic habits Mm -hmm. and I know that's a habit. It's what it is. It's a habit. And I, uh, I have a hard time. I want to know your take on this. Mm -hmm. I have a hard time giving myself, um, you know, like people make habits and then they reward themselves or they kind of give themselves a punishment if they don't do it. Mm. And I have a really hard time. I was racking my brain, trying to come up with something to reward myself with mm-hmm. if I did this for two months. And I, I honestly, I couldn't think of anything that would really motivate me. So maybe I just need something that is a, is like a punishment. I don't know. What about you? What do you do? Yeah, no, I think that's such an interesting thing because my go-to thought is like, well, I'm going to treat myself to a massage or I'm going to treat myself to a dinner. Or I recently have given, I've been working a lot about space, giving myself space. And I bought myself lunch and I took myself out to lunch and I went to like a beautiful park and I've never done that in my life. And then I did it like the next day because it just seemed so good. So I dropped off the kids at um, daycare and then I got myself breakfast and I sat and they gave myself breakfast. But I've thought about that same thing too of, those things are great as a way to make my day filled with more joy, but they don't, I, I still don't feel like I have found what actually lights that fire up underneath me. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like I, I, I'll find a house that I want or whatever. And like, we're going to like, look at that or, or I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. Or I want to go on this trip, but it, like, it still doesn't make the conversion happen. Right. I want right. Colin to be like a part of the business. And so that has, now that Colin's been in the business, that has helped more because it's like, okay, I need you here all the time now. Like I, so that, that has been one, I think maybe having it be a part of my life then is like, well, now yeah. I can't let it go away. And maybe that's more of a form of punishment. In this yeah. Sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I feel like I still struggle and the whole concept of, and I think perfectionism um, at my my core, something I'm working on and self-worth tied with achievement and all of that is still stuff that I'm totally trying to work through. But I think the concept, even the fact that I'm even open to the concept of celebrating after something happens, instead of moving on to the next thing and being like, check, that's done. I think that that in itself is a feat. Yeah. (laughs) Do you feel like you're in that same boat? Yeah, totally. And not even not tied to the outcome of it. It's just that it happened, you know, because that is the thing when I struggle, I feel like this might be the same way for you. When I struggle with perfectionism, it's not so much about like, oh, I'm going to do it or like rewarding myself for doing the thing. It's like, as long as it's done out there, that's the achievement. It's not tied to how it turned out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 And then I think it goes even a level deeper, like the whole perfectionism and what I've been learning about it, because Colin found an article and it was like kind of clinically what happens with perfectionists. And I don't, have you ever read about that? I actually saw a, I don't know, it was probably, probably on Instagram because that's where I go to numb out. And that's a whole different topic, but there was this cycle where it showed basically like a spiral downward of what happens. Mm -hmm. So, but I would love to know more because I, that especially, I don't know your take on this either, but I have found 
especially for female entrepreneurs. It is such a hurdle that I don't see men have as often. Now, maybe they do, but I feel like it is such something that we carry around that men just don't necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. So it was interesting to, to hear him say the article, he found it like he was on Twitter and then somehow he found it. I don't know. And he was, he was like, listen to this. And he read it. And I don't remember really everything that it said. All I know is that everything he said, I was like, we were both like, oh my God. Oh my God. Yes. 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 Like yes to everything. I'll have to try to find the article and I can put it in the show notes. But, um, the biggest thing I think too with that is the the self-worth and the belief. It's like you you can deal with perfectionism at that service level, but the like deeper root cause is like, where did it start and why is it happening? And so as soon as we read that, I reached out to my parents. I was like, where did you notice that shift in me yeah. of like, you know, you're a kid and you don't have any worries and then something happens. And that's what I think part of it said was there's some kind of like, response to something that's happened that then makes you into this perfectionist. The only thing we could really come up with was school. Like my dad said, the day that I left for kindergarten was the day that things kind of changed. And it was, you know, the, that I am competitive now, then it's a chicken or an egg situation. Where did that come from? But it was like that environment and people pleasing and being the best and all of that fit Mm -hmm. me so perfectly. And so then it just it started all there. So I just think it's such an interesting conversation. And to hear the more I bring this up, the more women who are like, yeah, I struggle with that too. I struggle with that too. I think it's, uh, it's interesting of, yeah, where does that come from? Like you said, is it more of a way that we've been in society as women and that's ingrained it on us more too? I would agree that for me personally, similar to you, I feel like, I don't know if it started with school, but the way that school you know, traditional school is structured, fed into that for me. I vividly remember, I may have told you the story before, but I made straight A's and, but I always had this anxiety about feeling like kind of like an imposter. Like this was just a fluke that I made an A and you know, I probably won't happen again. And I got invited to the beta club. This is like way back okay. invited to the beta club because of my GPA for the semester or the quarter. And I turned it down. Like who does that? You know, uh-huh. in my fear, I still remember this very much. I, I feared that when I got into the club that the next semester or next quarter, I wouldn't live up to those grades again. And so they would kick me out. How messed up is that, you know, and as an entrepreneur carrying that around where, and that's why I'm trying to give myself permission to experiment with things and just be okay with trying things. And if it doesn't work, tweak it and learn from it. And that is a whole mindset shift that I'm, you know, being an entrepreneur is, is an exercise in personal development Mm -hmm. as it is, but that is a very specific hurdle that I know I need to to get through, to get over. Mm -hmm. I love what you said there because I agree. I've been thinking a lot of people talk about fear of success. Overachievers have like fear of success. And personally, I don't know about you, but I'm like, I don't understand that. I don't feel like I have a fear of success at all. I'm like, bring it on. I'm ready. Like I'm trying to be open and receiving it where like, what is happening? Um, But for me, when I've thought about it more and gotten down to the root of it, I really think for me, it's a fear of failure. It's that like, if I put this offer out and nobody's interested in it, again, I'm tied to the outcome, which is a whole yep. additional part of that issue. But like, if I put it out and nobody liked it, 
or it didn't work or it didn't make the thing, like then I create a whole story around it essentially of, oh man, well now that's one more thing that it didn't do right. And when is it going to happen? Like spiral, just like you said, that spiral, spiral comes out. And so I think I'm just like the good old traditional fear of failure. (laughs) This is where my issues lie. Yeah. And there's so much to unpack in, in both of those. And I was telling you some of this stuff about around capacity for me, mm-hmm. because this, this made me think of it was my fear. Cause I, I got some new clients. I, I feel like I'm at capacity. So technically I'm booked out, even though that means different things for different people. But I, once I got booked up with these clients that I really want to do amazing work for, I'm having this, this mm-hmm. fear creep in that I don't want to put myself out there and be visible and promote what I have because I don't know if I can deliver anymore. Mm. And my husband said to me, he was like, well, you're afraid of, of success. You're afraid of, of doing, doing the thing. And I was like, no, no, but the more you unpack it, I, both of those things are so closely tied the fear of failure and the fear of success. And yeah, I feel those deeply just like you it's and it goes back to that it is constantly having to detach the outcome from how I feel about myself mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and, so. and then that I feel like then the belief plays in there too mm-hmm. we have to detach our outcome from ourself but then also we just need to believe like we're just doing this because we believe in it and that's it. And that's where we can like yeah. detach the outcome. The outcome doesn't matter because all I do is care about this thing. And like, so whatever right. happens, it doesn't matter. I put it out there. There's crazy stories we tell ourselves about <sighs> things. Yes. Chaos. It's chaos on top of the regular chaos of, of life. But talk to me about knowing that you felt the same way about school, that like it was this environment for you. We have been thinking a ton about that. Like Jack just turned three, Sophia's one and a half. So we're starting to think about school and what that is. Have you guys thought about that at all and how that plays into what you want to do with your kids or where you want to send them? Yeah, I mean, yes, it has. It plays into that. My daughter is in traditional kindergarten right now and have lots of thoughts, lots of thoughts about it. And I I don't necessarily want to homeschool. I don't feel like I'm called to do that or equipped to do that the way that other moms and other women are. Um, but I also don't feel totally comfortable with the, the traditional structure and the way that school is wiring my daughter's brain, (laughs) you know, I mean, the way I want her to enjoy learning and not be tied to, oh, I got this right. Oh, I, you know, I have to do this homework and we're working on reading for the joy of reading and she's great at it, but there are a lot, and there's wonderful teachers who love her, but there are these hurdles that I think about because my daughter already at six, she's been through a pandemic and she just naturally is very sensitive. And so she has anxiety and I don't, I don't want that to build into something that down the road hurts her more. Mm-hmm. And of course, as parents, we're always thinking, oh, you know, what are we going to send our child to therapy for this? Because we you know, made this decision. Mm-hmm. And I think every parent probably deals with that. And there's, there's only so much you can do as a parent. Um, 
your children are their own little people. And, but I do want to, I do want to nurture the good things for her. And so I'm mindful of it, but I I get, I don't know the answer to that, to be honest. I don't know this. I think that the best advice I heard from a, a friend of mine who has a kid who's a little bit older, they just take it year by year. Mm-hmm. And they see what they feel is best for them in that, in that year, in that season. And right now I, I feel like it's not an ideal situation, but I do feel like it's the better situation for us to send her to, to, to traditional school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's been such an interesting conversation that we've had since we have the space to like, try to see how we want to figure it out. But we're in that same space of like, I went private, Colin went public. Mm-hmm. We both obviously went traditional though. And, but my major in college was entrepreneurship. And so the way that that learning environment is structured is mm-hmm. all like project-based. Like we literally yeah. just had companies come in and if it was a marketing class, we just did marketing for the company and you worked with yeah. people. It was just real life all the time. And I was telling somebody recently, it was so amazing to the point I had had my first business. uh, I started at 18. So I had it when I was in college and my senior year, my professors were just like, yeah, just go work on your business. Like that's, you don't need to be coming to this part of the class or whatever, because it's real life. And so Colin and I talk about it all the time of we've looked into alternative education and we don't really Mm want to homeschool. And we think that there's something with the kids being around other kids and, and that dynamic. But Jack is, and myself, we're both HSPs, which have we talked about this yeah. before? No, or but I, and on, in all honesty, I have just kind of, the, I'm at the tip of learning about highly okay. sensitive people. Yeah, yeah. And I, it resonates a lot with me and with what my daughter mm-hmm. and to some degree, my husband too, but a lot with my daughter. Yeah. And so I've just started learning about that. Episode number 37 is with Alyssa Boyer and she's an HSP mentor. So if you haven't listened to it already, you can listen to that. But I was blown away to just be able to self-identify. And so then those are my concerns when I send them to school in a certain type Mm -hmm. of environment of like, is he, is somebody like we have had some great teachers so far who have been able to work with him on just he, he is an individual and how can we work? But I know I understand in a class, it's hard when you have so many kids and it's hard when I have my two kids and I'm trying to like work with each of their personalities. So we've been thinking a lot about like, what are our other options? And is that Mm -hmm. something that we want to play in? You know, we've kind of thought in our heads, like, is the young entrepreneur school something that we want to consider starting? And then like, what does that look like? And I just, we are concerned of, of that space and we want them to learn and like that project yeah. base and then being entrepreneurs and mompreneurs and all of that you know there's a whole community around we all get it and that's what we want to impart on them and so it's it's just that's a conversation that I've been having with a lot of moms especially kids yes. similar ages to think like well, what yeah. are you doing um, that's so interesting yeah and I will I will add to that because I love where your brain goes there in that experiential learning and life skill learning really two things there one my husband and I, we've been saving up. We didn't start a college fund for our kids. We Mm -hmm. don't expect them to go to college. I know this may be weird, but I went to college. My husband didn't finish college Mm -hmm. and we see the value in, if you, you can learn a ton of things, not going to college. You Mm -hmm. can, you can learn things online. You can take amazing certifications And so if, when my kids graduate from whatever high school or finish their 
schooling that way and don't want to go to college, they can use that money to start a business. They can use that money to, you know, do whatever they want to in entrepreneurship at that point, because my husband and I feel like college as it exists right now will look very different in 10, 15 years. And I hope the same is true of elementary education and, you know, high schools and and all that, because I do think that desperately needs an overhaul. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I love what you said there. Cause that was exactly what I was going to ask you, Colin. And I talk about that all the time of how we feel like it's just not going to look the same. And my mentor is Kathy Heller. And she's talked about before how they they don't see, really see college for their kids. They just think entrepreneurship is going to be it. And she, you know, it makes sense when we're in this entrepreneurial right. space. And I think it is different. Like I'm a third generation mompreneur and that's going to be really common for our kids to say is that yeah. they have mompreneurs, obviously. But yeah. I didn't have, like, I didn't have that. Like I was one of the only ones who whose mom had their own business and all of that stuff. And right. so I'm hoping that our generation shifts the things and, and that's yeah. really what happens because the learning difference, both growing up in my mom's business and my dad's business and everybody else in my family's different businesses, that was learning in itself and so oh, prepared yeah. me to start a business yeah. when I was 18 was so helpful. And then to have that experience as my college career, that's like what I would want to impart on my kids. So it's- Of course. And I think there are a few cases where that probably wouldn't work if you want to be a doctor or exactly. a lawyer, some something like that. If your kid really wants to do that, you can't really learn. I mean, I don't suggest learning how to be a oral surgeon on mm-hmm. YouTube. That's probably not going to work <laughs> Probably out not well. okay, yeah. But, but in a lot of cases that is what you're going to get way more value and way more experience that you can use from, from doing it that way. Mm-hmm. So I, I love that. I, I hope that is the future for yeah. education. I don't know. Yeah, I know. Me too. My heart is so full to know that we're like, not the only ones, you know, to know that no. like you're right in that same thought process and space as us is, is amazing. Amanda, this has been so good chatting with you. For everybody listening who has fallen in love with you, as I'm sure they have, as I have (laughs) over these this time that we've spent together for what we've been friends for almost a year now, six months, a year, something like that. Yeah, it feels like we've been friends forever. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for everybody who's listening who's not already friends with you, can you tell them like some more on where they can find you, what they can expect from you, all of the things? Yeah. The place where I hang out the most is on Instagram and I'd still try to have my boundaries there, but I love to connect with people there. So it's at gotcha mama and that's G O T C H A M A M A. And you can also find me on my website and see the services that I deliver and how I can help you. I do have a free group for mom podcasters as well. And we love connecting there. And that is just gotchamama.com. It is awesome. Everything will be linked in the show notes. And yeah, come join us in the podcast mom group if you are a podcaster because it's so much fun. We have a blast and Amanda does a great job hosting us there. So thank you so much for chatting with me today. It's so fun to get to allow everybody to be a fly on the wall on our types of conversations and, and share our thoughts with everybody. Yeah. Glad to be here.